0: Um, so that leads us into our next subject of diamond wear. Um, you know, that's the the sixty four thousand dollar question that we all get as salespeople is how long is this diamond going to last? Um, and it sounds like there are just so many variables within that question that there's no way anybody could give an accurate number. You know, a head pressure, a concrete type, all sorts of things. But um, f- from from your perspective, what is the best way to answer that question to a contractor that is wondering? how much am I gonna get out of these diamonds? Cause some of these diamonds as we know are, are very expensive. You wanna get as much square footage out of them as possible. What, as a contractor, what some of the questions or what are the things they should be looking for uh, to get the most out of their contract or out of their diamonds and not get excessive wear in a short
1: period of time? It, there's really no substitute for experience. Uh, and there's also no substitute for training. So it's hard to answer that question to say that this is, you know, the standard response. You know, when I think of tools for different grinders, um, whether it's the smaller ones or the bigger ones, I always tell people that my diamond cost should be around a nickel a foot. That's a number that with all the different offerings out there when it comes to tools, I can find a tool that will last long enough to basically the mathematics will work out to about a nickel a foot. That's my goal. Some jobs though, like rain slabs as an example, some jobs that are just, you know, horrendously soft and are gonna kill whatever tool I put under the machine There's really no way to plan for that as much as when doing a site survey, let's say, if it's powdery or if it's soft, then I know that's when I would pick up the phone too if I wasn't sure. But if I notice the concrete is noticeably softer, then I know my tool, no matter what I'm using, is going to have accelerated wear over a floor that isn't nearly as friable. But it's hard to know the difference of hardness and softness in concrete if if there's zero experience that the customer, that the contractor has. So with regard to your question, the best I can say is that we're always, we're again, always trying to find that balance between the speed of the tool, being able to do the job in a reasonable amount of time. And again, production per hour is is directly related to the size of the machine. Um, Though the tool may cut fast on a 22 inch machine with six tools, it just stands to reason that on a machine that's 30 inches wide with 12 tools, it's gonna go faster. So obviously the tools on there are double, but the speed that I, that I'm able to achieve with the bigger machine means my labor is less. Yes, my tools cost more, but I'm saving on labor. Again, it's that balancing act. So when it comes to cost, I told recently I told a trainee, I just said, you know, you should balance you should estimate your diamond cost at about a nickel a foot, but you need to track it because I feel confident with the number I'm giving you, but if in your region you're seeing floors that you're getting lower life out of the tool that's the time to talk about, maybe switch to another tool or talk about the productivity of the machine. And if you're in line with your productivity and your tools are wearing it, let's say 30% faster, we can change the tool, but there's a good chance that the, t- the life of the tool that we buy back by making the change, we may lose at the expense of the labor efficiency because the direct result of productivity on a floor or I should say the the contributing factors to the productivity on a floor is going to be how fast the tool cuts. And also the cost there is how fast does that tool wear. So there's no perfect answer because every floor is different.
0: Okay. Um, So let's go into the concrete itself, because obviously the concrete's playing a key role in the wear of the diamonds. Um, You know, I know enough from my experience in mixed design that concrete varies from region to region. Uh, Sometimes it can vary even on a, on a specific job, depending on what plant that concrete's coming from, what materials are used in the composite of those materials. Uh, In some areas of the country, the concrete is considered soft while other areas of the country it's considered to be hard. Um, You know, there's, there's hard, medium and soft bond diamonds, which I think confuses a lot of people. It's one diamond that comes in three different variations. Can you explain a little bit about why the concrete itself plays a role in the bond of the diamonds and uh, can either i would say a diamond can make or break a project from a profit perspective because if you budget a certain amount of money for diamonds and you're blowing through diamonds at twice the rate you you budgeted for well you've lost your profit at the same time if you can't cut through Um, you know, concrete or, uh, you know, somehow about concrete so hard, you can't open it up to put down, make an effective profile to put down a coating, that's going to affect the final result as well. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about the importance of the concrete and the
1: role it plays in with the dime? The the concrete hardness or softness is going, should be the determining factor for which tool I'm going to use. The general rule of thumb, and, and again, different manufacturers, term their, their matrixes as hard or soft differently. But the general rule of thumb is if I have a slab that's known to be soft or friable, it's easy to scratch. If I take a screwdriver and it just turns to powder as soon as I hit it, I call that a soft slab. The general rule of thumb is to use a hard bond tool because that soft slab is going to be more abrasive because it's so easily turned to dust. Well, that dust contains not only the Portland cement but also sand and sand's abrasive. So I need a tool that can handle a more abrasive surface or one that readily makes abrasive dust. So I use a hard bond tool for that. The opposite would be true if the floor is very hard, then my choice is going to, because that means it's gonna be more difficult to make dust. I'm going to use a soft bond tool so that the tool is more readily opening or more readily disintegrating for lack of a better term at a controlled rate so that fresh diamond crystals are exposed as it tries to cut a very hard surface with regard to determining the right one the right tool again there's really no substitute for experience in this case even with training because every floor as as the contractors encounter them as they go they are going to vary and it may be confusing to determine which is the correct tool for that application but it is a very important conversation to have whether it's by phone um, let's just say any other method but learning as we go uh, by ourselves is is going to be a good option. The the most expensive way is to run a tool that I think to be correct on a floor, have it burn up in a 10th the time as it should. And it goes from a cost of a nickel a foot to a dollar a foot. That's an expensive education and it happens all the time. But when it comes to um, bonds and concrete strengths, you know, again, the general rule of thumb or the best way to at least approach it with something that I can hang my hat on is gonna be soft slab, hard bond, hard slab, soft bond. So it's opposite, as long as they're opposite, as long as I don't match a hard bond to a hard floor, which means basically nothing is going to happen because hard tool, hard floor, they just skip across one skips across the other soft bond, soft floor, the soft bond is made to open up and disintegrate at a controlled rate on a floor that's readily disintegrating because it's soft. So all I have is just a matter of friction between the two there and the two literally eat the, eat one another apart. And the tool, of course, is what the contractor is paying for.
0: Right. I, I will, I'll, I'll use this opportunity to kind of plug b and D a little bit too, because there is a uniform test the industry uses called a Mohs hardness test, mm-hmm. that I know you're familiar with. There's actually a video teaching people how to use it on our website. And it is a uniform test and uses minerals. Geologists use these minerals, diamond being the hardest, to kind of give you a gauge of where your concrete is. So it, it gives you a starting point of what diamond hardness and what grit you should be at. Um, and I know those are frequently used in our industry. I, what I like about those, it's it's, it's your, it gives you the same pressure from test to test, so it's not subjective based on how hard somebody's pushing down on a coin or a screwdriver to tell whether it's soft. Because one person may push harder than the other, so one person may consider it soft, and another person may not. What's nice about modes is it gives a consistent reading for all slabs. Um, Thank you for watching and we hope you enjoyed this third segment of the BMD Learning Series Discussion on Diamonds. Please join us next week for the fourth installment and don't forget to subscribe, like, and share if you found this video informative and beneficial to your business. And don't forget to click that bell icon to be notified when we post a new video.